Peace University. In fact, we're starting a series today called Making Change, and some of what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks does have to do with our finances. How do we honor God uh, with our finances? And we're going to go a little bit deeper than just our finances, but if you have never been through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, I want to encourage you to sign up, and uh, I, I can tell you from my own personal experience that the things that you learn in that class will change your life. It's changed mine and Amanda's life. Uh, it's enabled us to change the lives of our children and even impact some of the people around us because uh, we're applying God's principles to money management and uh, really life management. So I want to encourage you, um, is, is nine evenings worth, uh, worth it to you to make some life changes. And I would encourage you to sign up for that over here. Uh, so this morning, as we get started with making change, uh, I, I just have to tell you, I am extremely excited about this series. It's probably uh, one of the most exciting things for, for me is because I truly believe that the things that we're going to cover over the next four weeks are, are truly life-changing things that this series uh, and, and those of you that are going through FPU have the power to make some amazing changes in your life so that it will impact your life, it'll impact your children's lives, and it'll impact the lives of the people around you as you begin to apply these principles to your own life. Uh, I'm excited about this, and and I I really believe that this series is one that has that potential for God to work through your life if you will uh, commit to being here for the next four weeks. At the same time, I recognize that this series is also going to be the easiest one for some of you to say, uh, no thanks, because you heard it's about money, it's about finances, and people would rather like go through uh, the book of Lamentations and you know Leviticus than study about their finances. And so this is the easiest one for you to say, ah, no thanks, no, I'm good, I'd rather go down a slide uh, made of razor blades and land in a pool of alcohol than talk about my finances. But I want to encourage you to show up, to be here, and to be a part of this series. And if you've never been through FPU, to be a part of FPU, because I really do believe that God is going to work. If you will open your heart and you will listen to what his word has to say, God, I believe, is going to work in to your life. So where are we going over the next four weeks? The next four weeks, uh, we're going to cover these four topics. We're going to start this week by looking at less is more. Everybody say less is more. more. Next week, we'll cover stress is bad. bad. All right. And then the week after that, we'll see that giving is good. good. And finally, we'll see that tomorrow matters. matters. All right. So what are we going to learn over the next four weeks? We're going to learn that less is more, stress is bad, Giving is good, tomorrow matters. All right, let's say that one more time. What are we going to learn over the next four weeks? Less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. So this morning, we're going to start uh, with less is more. And I don't know about you, but I always grew up thinking that more is better, right? How many of you grew up thinking that more is better? Well, uh, I always believed that more is better, and growing up as a kid, I loved Fig Newtons. How many of you like Fig Newtons? How many of you would say it's your favorite cookie? All right, see, that's where you're wrong. It's not a cookie. A cookie is just a cookie, but a Newton is fruit and cake, right? So I grew up, how many of you remember that commercial? So I, I loved Fig Newtons, and the, the time that I had the most access to Fig Newtons was at Grandma's and Grandpa's house, my mom's parents. And every year uh, during the summer, I'd go for about a week, and I'd stay with them, and I loved Fig Newtons and Tab. Does anybody remember drinking Tab? 
uh, I loved it. And so I remember one day, grandma and grandpa had their backs turned. I don't know what I was doing. And I thought, you know, if one serving of Fig Newtons was good, then more would be even better, right? Uh, how many could say amen to that? More is better. Well, uh, I got a little, uh, a little more than I bargained for. Uh, after I ate about a ba- almost, a, a, almost a half a bag or like three quarters of a bag of Fig Newtons. Um, because you may or not, may not know this, but figs are a natural laxative. <laughs> and so I found out the hard way that more is not always better. Uh, that did serve, uh, it come in handy when I was in college and I bet one of my roommates five bucks that he couldn't eat an entire bag. And he's like, why are you laughing? I just got your money. And I was like, oh, you'll see. Uh, and he found out the hard way that more is not always better. More is not always better. And so we have, uh, we have to learn that, that more is not always better. And uh, we want to see, I, I, I want to stick with this theme that less is more. And we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 this week. And we're going to look at one verse. We're going to look at only one verse. And I, when I started preparing this, series, this message, I was looking at it. I was like, man, I, I really want to talk about the two verses that come before. And, and, and I, I think there's a great message here. But God kept reminding me that less is more, that less is more. And so we're going to stick with that theme this morning. So we're only going to have one verse. Now, I can't promise that one won't accidentally slip in because I've hidden his word in my heart that I may not sin against him. And so it may just like drop in there. But as far as what we're concerned this morning is we're going to focus on one verse. And that's Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6, which says this. It says, better one handful with tranquility then two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Let's all say that together because here's the thing. We're going to memorize this verse together this morning. Let's say it together. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Let's do that again. Let's do that with a little illustration. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. All right, we're going to say it one more time, and you're going to say, this guy just repeats like everything. He just repeats and repeats, but you will remember, you will remember, you will remember that better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with chasing and toil and chasing after the wind. Let's say that again so I can get it right. One more time. Better one handful with tranquility then two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. So what are we learning? We're learning that better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. What else are we learning? We're learning that less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. Why? Why is less more? Why is it better to have one handful than two handfuls? If I could, I need a couple volunteers. Need a couple volunteers right here. Gentlemen in the nice, bright blue jacket. I got one more right here. Come on up. Uh, You guys give them a hand as they come up. They're going to help me out this morning. First thing I'd like for you to do is put this in your back pocket. You got a back pocket? All right. Do you have a back pocket or a side pocket? All right. You have 10 pockets. All right. Now, what I'd like for you to do, I want you to hold these just like this. And I would like for you to hold this just like that, all right? So uh, why, is, why is less more? Why is one handful with tranquility better than two handfuls 
with toil and chasing after the wind. Well, let's see. Uh, you know what? I, I just had a great day, and, and I could use somebody to celebrate with, and I could use a high five. Can I get a high five? Uh, how about this? All right. All right. So I can get a high five, right? I, you know what? I, I'm having a bad day, and I could use someone to pat me on the back. Can you pat me on the back? Uh, yeah. Not, not really. Not the same. All right, how about, oh, there we go. Now I feel, oh, you know what? I fell. I fell. I need a hand up. I need a hand up. Oh, look, I can get a hand up, but here, I got nothing to grab onto. I can't, you know what? Uh, I, I'm really thirsty, and, and I want to run down to the corner store, Circle K, and I want to get something to drink. Can I borrow a dollar? <laughs> no, no, yeah. How about, can I, can I borrow a dollar? Let's see. Can't get it. How about you? Oh, look at that. Look at that. I can borrow a dollar. See? Thank you, guys. You can have a seat and you can keep those. They're all yours. All yours. Take them. Take them. Take them. All right. Give them a hand. When I have two handfuls and I have someone around me who who needs my help, who needs a hand up, I can't give them that hand up. Because why? Because my hands are full. My hands are tied up with debt. My hands are tied up with my schedule. And I can tell you that this is a lesson that my family is learning even now. This is something that we are still learning. And and maybe I'll share a little bit more about that this week uh, at at the end of this message. But uh, man, when, when you have two handfuls, you, you can't hardly do anything. When you have one handful and you want to help someone, you can help them. When you have one handful and, and you want to give to someone, you can give to someone. When you have one handful and you want to take a nap, you can take a nap. Can I get an amen? amen. Better is one handful, say it with me, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. How many of you have ever tried to chase the wind and catch it, right? It's frivolous. doesn't work, right? So better is one handful. Less is more. Less is more. So uh, we've seen why less is more. When, when is uh, less more? When is one handful better? It's, it's better when you're pursuing the things that do matter instead of the things that don't matter, Right? When you can have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. How many of you would would love to make that trade-off? So let me ask you this morning, what does matter? What does matter to you? You'll see in your bulletin there's a spot for you to write down three three things that, that matter to you. When someone asks you in this life, what is most important to you? What matters? What comes to mind? Shout somebody just shout out a couple of those. Family. Friends, God, good health, excellent. Yeah, see, you notice what nobody's mentioned. I I put this question on Facebook this week. And, you know, a lot of people said, hey, you know, family, God, my health, um, you know, all these things. You know what nobody said? Nobody said the amount of money I have in my bank account. Nobody said the new pair of shoes that I just got. Nobody said, yeah, well, we did have one smart aleck. Yeah, yeah, let's see this. Let's highlight that a little bit more. You'll notice, do you think my wife is sweet? All right, let's go to the next one. Can you guys see this? My wife said, having a trophy husband. Uh, that may explain, yeah, that, that may uh, have explained the treadmill I got for Christmas. But um, no, you guys think my wife is sweet, but she, she reveals who she really is. No, but nobody said 
nobody said the, the new countertops that I've always wanted or the hardwood floors that I've wanted or the leather sofa. Nobody said those things. Nobody said those things. Why? Because they're not important. They don't matter. What does matter? What does matter? I, I want you to think about the things that matter most and now set aside all those things that we, we end up chasing after and think about where you spend your time. We've all said God, family, health, all those other important things. Yet when we look at our calendar, when we look at our bank account, are we really spending our time and money on those things or are we chasing after the wind? Are we going after one handful so that we can make room for more family, more time with God, more time and money for the things that do matter? Or are we running around with two handfuls of debt and two handfuls in our calendar and we have no time left for the things that matter? First thing I want us to see this morning, how do we, how do we become uh, a one-handful person? What does a one-handful look like? What does it look like to have that kind of lifestyle? Uh, first thing I want us to see is that we have to cut back. We have to cut back. And how do we do that? Well, let me just share a little bit. When Amanda and I first got married, we lived in Ipswich, Massachusetts. We were married here in Texas. It's where we're from. My seminary took me up towards Boston, and we were living at 60 High Street in Ipswich, Massachusetts. We lived on the street that had more homes built in the 1600s um, than any other street in America. And this house that we lived in, uh, we did not own it. Uh, We did not rent it. We actually, if you see those two windows at the very top, we lived in the third floor, and that door right there was the one that we went in. Um, It was like the servant's entrance, and it was the servant's quarters. This house was built in 1910, and it was this little bitty apartment that we we rented, less than 500 square feet that we paid $500 a month for. Like, you could be in bed and touch the stove with your foot. It was that small. Um, You can see that it was the third floor, so when you were in the shower, you had to stand like this. Because the roof sloped, and if you stood up directly from the couch, you'd smash your head in the ceiling. It was that small. Um, and, but the great thing was it had this beautiful view. This is a, a cemetery from the 1600s. You could say the view was to die for. Um, but <laughs> no, it, it really was a beautiful uh, cemetery. But we had this little bitty tiny apartment. And I can remember this house was built in 1910. The closet was about this big. The closet was about this big. Now, apparently in 1910, uh, a husband and wife, all of their clothes could fit in a closet this big. Why? Men, what did they have? They had maybe two pair of shoes, a pair of jeans, a pair of dress pants, a couple shirts, and, and a suit, and a women's clothes could fit in whatever room was left. They, they learned how to cut back. They learned how to do with less. And one of the things that I, I think we have to do, if we're going to understand that less is more, we've got to learn to cut back. Now, think about closets today. Closets today, I guarantee if I go to some of your houses, you have a walk-in closet. Raise your hand if you have a walk-in closet, right? And none of them look like this. You see how much, you see how much space is in between there? There's what, like five pair of shoes there? No, it, it's, I guarantee it doesn't look like that. Some of you don't have a walk-in closet. You have a walk-around closet, right? Like six laps is a mile, right? You have this giant closet. Uh, and I've seen some that are these multi-tiered closets, right? It's not even just a walk-in. It's this multi-tier, and you have multiple closets. And then I found this picture on the internet this last week. Um, how many of you would love to have this closet? This is just the closet, 
This is a two-story closet, all right? And now here's the thing. You all have these giant closets with all these clothes, and you walk into your closet in the morning, and you look around, and you say, I have nothing to wear. I have nothing, but you have all this stuff. You have all these clothes. You have all these options, yet now you have nothing to wear. And it's crazy, and here's the thing. We have so much stuff. We have so much stuff. My wife and I just had a garage sale yesterday, and I could tell you I could not get rid of that stuff fast enough. I didn't care what price people were saying. I was like, no, whatever, just 50 cents, penny, take it, get it out of here. Uh, here's the thing. In our country, it is crazy that some of you have so much stuff that it won't even fit in your closet, so you put it in your attic. And then your attic becomes too full because you've got so much stuff that now your attic is full that you start storing it in your garage. Can I ask you, what belongs in a garage? A car. How many of you can park a car in your garage? Like less than half. Less than half. And, and here's the crazy thing. Some of you have so much stuff in your closet that you have to store it in your attic. And you have so much stuff in your attic that you have to store it in your garage. And some of you have so much stuff in your garage that you have to pay someone else to store your stuff at a storage place. Think about the ridiculousness of that. That you have so much stuff. You have this stuff that you never see you never use, and you probably forgot about it until I just mentioned it, yet you're paying someone to store your stuff. That's crazy. That's crazy. We've got to learn to cut back. Because why? Because better, say it with me, is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. What are we learning? We're learning that less is more. Better is one handful than two handfuls and chasing after the wind. One handful with a little bit of rest. Uh, we've got to learn to cut back. We've got to learn that, that consumption is not everything. Next thing we have to learn is this. We have to learn to clear out. We have to learn to clear out. We cut back. We cut back on the stuff that's not important. And we have more time to clear out stuff. We have more time for family. We have more time for friends. We have more time for our marriage. We have more money to do the things that we want to do, like go on a trip. And so now we're going to clear out. We're going to clear out. And I once heard uh, a, a leader, a uh, guy speaking on leadership, and he said, when it comes to um, clearing out, you need to clear out things as if your life depends on it, because it does. He said, clear out stuff as if your life depends on it because it does. And I thought, well, that's a little overly dramatic. And the guy went on and he said, no, if you want to be the husband, the father, uh, the pastor, or whatever your job is, if you want to do that well and do it to the, to the extent that God has called you to do it in a way that honors him, you've got to clear out. You've got to clear things out of your life and make some space. You need some margin. And here's what I found. I started reading about three different books on leadership this last year. And the crazy thing was every single one of these books on leadership, whether they were spiritual leadership or they were just business leadership, almost every single one of them had a chapter dedicated to organization and clearing out. That was, it was crazy to me that one chapter in every single one of these books was dedicated to getting your life organized and clearing stuff, clearing away the unnecessary. And here's the thing. How many of you, um, you got back from Christmas? How many of you traveled out of town, right? Now, how many of you can say there have been times you've left town and you, come, you leave the house a wreck, right? Anybody ever been there? If you've got kids, you better raise your hand, right? The house is a wreck. And you've been on this nice vacation, and then you come home and you're just like, oh. 
you feel the weight of all this junk, of this clutter, of this mess around you. Now think about the times that you've come home and your house is clean and everything is put away where it belongs. And you walk in and how do you feel? You feel lighter. You feel like there's this, this space in your soul. And I can tell you, as I've gone through the process of clearing stuff out in my life, I can tell you that there is this space for me to connect with God. I can walk into, when I sit down to prepare my sermons, if the area where I am is clear and clean, I can tell you that I, I just I feel like I have the ability to connect with God in a way that I don't when I'm cluttered because all that stuff is weighing me down. When I come home and my house is clean and things are put away and it's neat, which I have four kids that are six and under, so uh, it doesn't happen often, but I can tell you that when I come in and it's neat and it's clean, I feel like I can devote time to my spouse. I can devote time to Amanda and spending time with her and the way I respond to her is different. And I'm not stressed out by just this mess of stuff. We've got to learn to clear out. We've got to remove the things that are unimportant to make room for those things that are important. Um, Jesus, in Luke chapter 12, is confronted by a man about stuff and money. And Jesus says this. He says, look, what you need to understand is that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in the abundance of of possessions. And many of us need to learn that lesson so that we can cut back and so that we can clear out. Um, We talked a little bit earlier about, you know, walking into your closet and you say, well, I've got nothing to wear. Yet you have this closet packed full of stuff. So how is it that you can say, I've got nothing to wear? Well, I I think it's because you actually have too many options, right? It's like, uh, I don't have Netflix, but I've been in people's houses when they do have Netflix, and they're like, hey, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, yeah, let's, let's uh, watch a movie. And they pull up, and there's like 8,000 choices. They're like, what do you want to watch? Uh, I, there's nothing to watch, right? Or the Cheesecake Factory. How many of you love the Cheesecake Factory? Oh, man. I love the Cheesecake Factory, but this is, this is their menu. It is literally a spiral-bound uh, dissertation is their menu. And you go to Cheesecake Factory, and you're like, I don't know what I want to eat. I don't, I don't know what I, I go to the Chinese food restaurant, I know exactly what I want to eat. I go get Mexican food, I know what I want to eat. I go to a burger joint, I know exactly what I want. Why? Because I only have like five choices. I go to the Cheesecake Factory, and I'm like, it, it just all looks good. And so we've got to learn that when we have so much stuff in our life, it makes things confusing. It brings on stress. We've got to learn to clear out. We've got to learn to clear these things out of our lives. Um, one, of the, one of the books that I started reading, it was actually an article that led to me um, looking into this book, uh, but this lady was talking about, it's called The Art of Tidying Up, uh, and she's talking about how to tidy up stuff, and she's talking about this stuff, and, and uh, let me just be completely honest that for some of you, clearing out is a really hard thing to do. Some of you didn't grow up with a lot of stuff. And so you look at all these things around your house, and you're like, oh man, I I really want to value stuff, and I want to use my money wisely. What if I need that someday? Like what if, you know, that broken down lawnmower, uh, that you have eight of them? Like what if I need parts from one of those eight to get my other lawnmower, right? And and it's hard because you didn't grow up with, with a lot of stuff. 
And so you have a hard time letting go. Others of you are sentimental about stuff. And somebody gave you something at a special time in your life or it was given to you by someone you love and you look at that, um, that little thing, that trinket or whatever it is, and you say, oh man, this is, I can't get rid of this. My great-grandmother gave that to me. Uh, but it's serving no purpose and it's just junk taking up space. And here's what the lady, she's crazy. She's insane. Here's what she said. She said, thank it. Thank it and get rid of it. You see that trinket that meant so much, that person who meant so much to you say, thank you for reminding me of my great-grandmother. Thank you uh, that there was a special time that so-and-so gave this to me. And then you give it away. I'm a book hoarder, right? I have thousands of books. I have tons of books. When I'm, I dread moving just because of my books. Because if you know anything about moving, you pack a box of books and then you go to pick it up and it's like, you need to be a deadlifter, you know, professionally to be able to lift that thing. And, and I, I've gotten to the point where, you know what, those thousand books that I've read, that I've always said, you know what, I need to hang on to this just in case. I've never read a single one of those books twice. So what do I need to do? Thank you, book, that 16 years ago in seminary, you meant so much to me. Into the trash, right? We need to learn to clear out. If you get a new shirt, you give one away. You get a new pair of pants, you give one away. You get a new pair of shoes, you give one away. You get new underwear, don't give that away. Uh, don't do that with underwear. But let's learn to cut back and to clear out. Why? Because better is one handful, say it with me, with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. What are we learning? We're learning that less is more. If we're going to have a less is more lifestyle, we have to cut back. We have to clear out. And finally, we have to pay off. Lastly, we have to pay off. Uh, we're, we're learning this week that less is more. Next week, we'll see that stress is bad. You know what I've never heard? Um, I've never heard someone say, you know what? Uh, my financial debt just gives me so much peace. I just, I pay that credit card bill every month and I look at the interest that I'm paying. It just makes me feel so good. I just want to praise Jesus when I, when I pay Sally Mae. No. You know what I do here? Uh, our marriage is struggling because of our finances. You know what I do here? I, I hear we're constantly fighting um, because our mortgage payment is too high and we're worried about what would happen if if my husband lost his job or if my paycheck didn't come through. Instead of living paycheck to paycheck, if you cut back and you clear out, then you have the ability to do things like, like pay off some debt. Uh, it's about eliminating the things that are in our lives. We, we want to eliminate the stress. We want to eliminate the cause of that stress and it's debt. And we're going to talk more about that next week um, as we get to the heart of why we want to honor God with our finances and how we can do that. Um, as we think about these things, as we think about cutting back, clearing out, and paying off, um, what we have to realize is that as we do that, we're, we're getting rid of the unnecessary stuff, the unimportant stuff in our lives to make more room for things that do matter, to make room for the important. It, it is better to have one handful and a smaller house than two handfuls in a mortgage that you're afraid you can't pay and you're fighting with your spouse. It's better to have one handful and a car that's paid for than two handfuls and a car payment that you can't make. It's better to have one handful and time with your spouse than two handfuls and no intimacy. 
It's better to have one handful and time with your kids than two handfuls and they grow up and you don't even know who they are. Ecclesiastes 4.6, better is, let's say it together, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Let's say that again. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that you can't have stuff? I'm not saying go home and get rid of all your stuff. Um, I honestly believe that if you were to follow through with this mindset of less is more and you were to truly cut back, clear out, and start paying off, um, I, I think you'd actually find that you could have some nicer things. And let me say this. I think it's better that you, have, that you own a few nice things than a bunch of junk that owns you. Amen? Let me say that again. It is better that you have that you own some nice things than a bunch of junk that owns you. Your life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Your life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Uh, I honestly believe that the people in this world who are the richest are not those who have the most, but those who need the least. I've had the privilege of uh, going on a number of mission trips I've been to Russia, I've been to Brazil, uh, the Amazon Basin in Brazil, I've been to Mexico, I've been to Haiti. Um, All of these uh, places that I've been have been extremely poor areas. And I can tell you that every time, usually what happens is I, I go for a week and I get there and the first thing that happens is that my heart breaks for these people who have absolutely nothing. And then about the second or third day, I start noticing that there's all these kids running around barefoot, laughing and playing. They're not at home, inside, and playing with their iPad. They're outside playing. They're laughing. They're having a good time. And then at some point, we go and we worship with people, worship at their church. This summer, when we were in Mexico, we we worshiped at a church. This is in July in Mexico. It's hot. You know what their church building was? It was a concrete floor and a metal roof. No walls, no bathrooms. Well, there was a bathroom, but you thought the porta potties were uh, not great. This was even less. Yet they worshiped God as if they had everything in the world. And you see these people that worship in a way, and, and this, this strange jealousy comes over me. And I always say the same thing I, I, I wish my life. We're as simple for them as theirs is. And it's so simple because they pray the exact same thing that Jesus prayed. Give me this day my daily bread. And God, you've met my needs for today, so I will worship you as if I have everything because I have all that I need. And you see that. And I always, like day five, I make this promise. I'm going to come home and things are going to be different. And for two days, things are different. And then I get sucked right back into the pursuit of materialism, to the pursuit of stuff, to filling up my calendar every minute. I, I got meetings back to back, and I'm rushing from one meeting to get to another meeting. I've got no margin. I've got both handfuls. When what is better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. It's never good when we're in the place feeling like what I, ha- what, I, what I need is what I don't have. 
What I don't have is what I need. What I don't have is what I need. What I don't have is what I need. When God calls us to be content, his desire is that we would understand that less is more. That it's better for us to have one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Um, My wife and I, coming back from Christmas break, uh, the kids are still home, and we started looking ahead at our calendar for the next month. And we realized that we had activities seven days a week. There was not one day that we didn't have something to do. Mondays is Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Tuesdays is my wife's Bible study. Wednesday night is our community group. Thursday night is basketball practice. Friday night is family night. Saturday is basketball game. Sunday is church. And we looked at this, and, and we said, we got two handfuls. We've got two handfuls. We've got to do something. And so we looked at our schedule and we said, you know what, um, we've already paid for our daughter to play basketball this year. My wife's the, the coach. Uh, but this is the one thing in our life that we can, we can cut back. We can clear out some space and we can, we can make some room. And so uh, we sat our daughter down. We, she's, if you know Charlie, she goes in our garage every day for about 30 minutes and just dribbles the basketball. We don't have a hoop, so she just dribbles and she changes and she, she dribbles all over the garage. Uh, and so we sat her down, and I knew this was going to break her heart. She'd be upset. I shared this verse, verse with her, and I shared our calendar with her, and I said, Charlie, she's six. I said, Charlie, does it sound like our family has one handful with rest, tranquility, peace? Or do we have two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind? She said, I think we have two handfuls. I said, yeah, I do too. And I said, I know this can be disappointing to you, but mommy and daddy think the best thing for our family is that you not play basketball this year. And I said, if, if we take you off the team, that means we can go camping. We can, we can go do these other things that we can't do right now. And she said, I think I need to, I think I need to come off the team. At six years old. Six years old, she understands that better, what does she understand? Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Six years old, she gets it. So we we called the commissioner of the league and said, here's our situation, and if possible, we'd like to find another coach and we'd like to take our daughter off the team. And I can't tell you the weight that came off both my wife and I when we realized we now have two days of the week where we have absolutely nothing. Two days of the week where we have absolutely nothing. It was that clearing out that brought that that freedom, that, that moment of, okay, now we can stop biting at each other and arguing with each other because our schedules are so busy that we're so stressed out. And then we have this garage sale, and I can almost get a car in our garage. Like, I don't have a big truck. It's a little bitty Ford Ranger, but I, and I can almost get it in there. Uh, a little bit more rearranging, and it'll be in the garage. And I can't tell you how good it feels to walk in my garage, and there's space. There's room now. Because I'm learning that less is more, that better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. My prayer for you this morning is that you would look over that list of things that you said is most important. What are those things? And then I want you to think about where you spend your time and your money. You want to know what's important to someone, you look at where they spend their time and you look at where they spend their money. And I want to ask you, are you spending your resources pursuing those things that you've said are most important? Or are you chasing after the wind? Your life does not consist in the abundance of stuff. 
Here's what you've got to understand is that your life is short. Ecclesiastes said it's, it's a vapor. All right, the, the really cold weather we had the last few days, how many of you went outside and go, <sighs> like, that's my favorite thing. Every fall, my brother and I, like, we text each other, like, I can see my breath today. It's finally cold enough. You step outside, you go, <sighs> like that. And what happens? It just goes, and it's gone. Scripture says that's what our life is. It's short. Your life is too short. Your God is too good, and your calling is too great to waste your life pursuing meaningless stuff. Let me say that again. Your life is too short, your God is too good, and your calling is too great to pursue meaningless stuff. Are you chasing what truly matters? Or are you chasing after the wind, filling your life with just stuff? Because God has a calling on your life, and that calling, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, is to make an impact on someone else's life in the name of his kingdom. I guarantee you, all this stuff, that we gather, that we collect, that we put in storage units, it's not going with you. But what you can leave, you can leave an impact in the name of Jesus Christ on someone else's life. I want to encourage you at this time, we're going to take two. And I want you to think through, am I living with one handful in tranquility, rest, peace, or do I have two handfuls chasing after the wind? And I just want you to answer that one question. And then if you have a little bit of time left over, write down what you can do to move from two handfuls to one handful. Let's take two.